Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop. This is episode 109, and what, what's the date? Wednesday, April 12th. Got the date going for the second consecutive episode. Thank you very much. I've been working on that. Um, lots to talk about today, as always. This time of the year, there's there's just games going on everywhere. Um, you know, obviously, the games we go to in Texas, um, stuff going on in other states as well, like the Boris Classic is a big deal um, out in uh, California right now. Um, so a lot of exciting things to talk about. We've had some really good coverage from Colorado, from Oklahoma, from Arizona, from California, and from Texas as well. Um, so it's a great time to be logged into 5tool.org and checking out all of our, our coverage on Twitter as well. But first off, Drew, how was the Spider-Man gymnastics birthday party how how did it go um did we uh was it successful um i hope we avoided any any potential meltdowns we we survived so the only meltdown was um we tried so we did it at gymnastics the Uh little gymnastics place that he goes on saturdays so we were going to have a double dose of gymnastics and he's in a new class um where he moved up with his two little buddies liam and stella like that's his those are his friends for swimming and gymnastics mm-hmm. and so they moved him up to a class where he's not with us in the class so they just go in by themselves and it's okay in swimming like we had our little period our little warming up period and he finally got over that and then he was he was all excited about gymnastics saturday morning when we went until he realized that Liam and Stella weren't going to be there that Uh-oh. day. Yeah. And so they didn't do double gymnastics like we attempted to. So that was the little meltdown, but then he was after his nap, he was a new guy went crazy at the birthday party. And we had, there's a kid in his class whose dad, her dad is a firefighter. And so we got, uh, had a fire truck stop by, Oh, um, nice. Right at the beginning. So, yeah, they got to get a little tour and of the fire truck and then got to eat some cake and do gymnastics and all that. So that that was good. We made it. We made it. But I uh I do not suggest trying, you know, trying to do birthday party Easter then real birthday in three consecutive days for no. the parents. Mm-mm. He loved it. Um so that was good, but mom and dad are still recovering so financially yeah. and, and <laughs> yeah. physically yeah, there's that and physically. there's that too <clears throat> there's that too yeah yeah i've been afraid so. to look at like my my bank account after after the the birthday party and then like yeah easter jack just ended up crushing so much sugar and he's he's not like a big sugar eater typically and it just created yeah. created like this 48 hour hangover where he was just kind of like randomly miserable uh, just because it's like, well, yeah, you know, every time I looked over, you had your hand in a jar of jelly beans and uh, sprinkles and, and everything else. So, um, yeah, I was like, what is the next big holiday you celebrate with children? Like, I guess it's not until July 4th, I guess. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. They I mean, started got... talking to Jack about Cinco de Mayo and I was like, well, oh. you know, he's like, oh. he does that. Both kids are big uh, rice and beans and ground beef fans. So okay. I, I guess they'll be, uh, they'll, they'll definitely want to celebrate there. So yeah, it's, uh, I know it's like, it's like the parents need like a day to recover from any sort of birthday party or family gathering or whatever it is like, 
I guess once they hit like four years old is when family gatherings get a little easier because you don't really have to watch their every move right um, as much so yeah we kind of looking forward uh looking forward to that time but uh we've got a lot of games to talk about today um you have more than me it rained like crazy down here thursday and friday i mean just like all day like rain like flooding in some areas and houston was a mess as well so um got caught up on some riding and just kind of didn't even bother to try to figure out like some high schools were canceling games thursday friday and then trying to play them on saturday and all these schedules got what messed around so um and we talked about the big <clears throat> james elwinger performance last week sounds like he was good again against brenham um struck out 12 i think in five innings and was up to 97 for when i saw and talked to some people <laughs> there so uh continues to do his thing for magnolia west uh but you had three games uh what do you want to lead us off with i did i'm gonna go back to our last week's uh game of the week between hebron and flower mound marcus oh um, yes had some good arms in that one definitely um you know we got to see my guy marcos pause um and you know I, one thing definitely stands out he physically he is you know, he was already, you know, he looked like a SEC Friday night starter last year in the summer. Like yes. physically he's ready, but there's a noticeable, um, he's made some noticeable gains physically. Um, and the stuff is ticked up as a result. Um, and from a, if you look at the box score, um, he walks some guys, which he doesn't normally do, but I thought a lot of his misses were close. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the, like I said, he's adjusting to a new physique, um, but but the stuff ticking up is a good thing. And I'm not worried about him throwing strikes moving forward. No, nah, he's, he's going to throw strikes. He's athletic. Um, he's not. He doesn't overthrow. Uh, but I, I I do think he, there's an adjustment period with the with the uptick in stuff. You know, I think there were some balls that moved more than he thought, or you know, whether it was the breaking ball or or his fastball. But it all looked right. The stuff. I mean, there were some really some, there were some ugly swings for sure. I mean, like he's, he's, he's a guy that we think he is. Um, mm-hmm. He's a bona fide elite ace potential guy at the highest level. So, um, you know, he went four and two thirds, uh, struck out six, only gave up two hits. Um, but you know, on the Marcus side, like they, you got to give them some credit because they, they battled, they took their walks, especially Caden Sorrell. I mean, he walked three times in the game. Um, one of them was intentional and two, um, he just had good at bats and, yeah. and that's tough to do. I don't think people understand, you know, like if you're a guy that's the type of prospect that he is, and you know, that there's pro scouts there, it, there's a tendency to get antsy because you want to mm-hmm. show him something and being able to take those walks. So showed some real maturity. Um, he was really good on the mound. Uh, Sorrell was, he went six innings. Uh, scattering four hits and while striking out 11. Um, so he was, I thought he, I thought he really did well. Um, he was setting up pitches. I thought uh, just, you know, I think obviously his future is probably, probably at the plate, but I mean, you know, if he, he would have a future on the mound if he wasn't such a good hitter, I think. Um, yeah. If he were a college guy, I think that'd be something that college, well, he could end up being a college guy, but I mean, that's something that maybe, you know, because that's such, it's a unique look, you know, even if he's just a bullpen guy, like it's just kind of a, you, you don't typically see a lot of those looks from that type of athlete. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, but I was impressed with him on the mound and, you know, I, Marcus did what they do. Um, 
a scrappy team that plays really good baseball and they happen to have some talent, which is a good combination. You know, they play good defense. They run the bases, they bunt, they play situational baseball. Um, and they're, they're just an impressive team. There's, you know, and they have been, obviously they, they get good coaching from coach Sherman, but, um, some other guys, uh, for Marcus that, that stood out to me. Um, I, I like watching Nick Mazzola play. He's mm-hmm. just one of those guys. that's a good baseball player. Um, guy can really run has just throughout his career stolen a lot of bases, um, hits at the top of the lineup. He was hitting lead off. He had a, he had a single, um, gets down the line quick, uh, had him below four, three, um, on, on a ground ball that he hit. Uh, we talked about Sorrell Van Klein is Van Klein. Just the, you know, he was on base three times with a single and two walks, just, just a mature player. Um, just a really good high school player. That's really fun to watch. And then major Spence, you know, a guy who did really well in the five tool festival. Um, he kind of delivered the dagger. It was a the game was still in doubt. Um, late in the game. And I think, I think, I guess it would have been the bottom of the sixth, but he um, uh, came through with a um, three RBI or a basis clearing double um, to, to kind of separate. And, you know, the game was in doubt at that point. I think it was was either, yeah, it must've been, I think one zero, two zero at the time. And um, that just kind of took the air out of the Hebron sales. And it was, you know, it was was a good at bat um, and he, and he, crushed it so um that was he he was impressive again he just keeps he, he keeps producing in the middle of the lineup you know and and now they they've moved Har- hank harp right behind him um hank had an rbi single as well um uh, you know we're well documented fans of hank yep. harp and his his gamer status you know but he's just a veteran player for them that's going to be a good player at the next level um, and then Zach Kirkpatrick came in and uh, shut the door, throwing the last inning, two strikeouts, a clean inning. Um, but he, his stuff continues to tick up. And I think, you know, as he continues to fill out, I think the stuff's only going to get better. Um, on the Hebron side, uh, we've talked about pause. They obviously miss Aiden Howard. He's been uh, banged up, I think, battling a little bit of a hamstring injury. It sounds like he's close or could be playing um, if he had to. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, while they're still doing well, um, from a district standpoint, you know, that it's better safe than sorry to give him a chance to, um, heal and not tweak anything or have any nagging injuries, but I know he's anxious to get back out there. Uh, MJ Sow hit a double, um, one of the better swings from Hebron on the night Ian McCracken had a double Cade Binion had an opposite field single, um, and I, I really like Robert Sanford, uh, senior catcher going to, um, Mary Harden Baylor, but I mean, he can really catch and throw. He's fun to watch for sure, but, um, good game, good atmosphere. Um, obviously the score looks a little bit lopsided in the end, just kind of because of an inning that kind of got away from him. Um, I think in the bottom of the bottom of the six, but compet two competitive teams. I mean, there's definitely some, some, some fire there. There's some intensity, um, and, uh, there, there were some questionable calls both ways. Um, you know, I know there was, there was some back and forth uh, with the umpires. And like I said, you know, I, Marcos was missing, you know, quote, quote unquote missing um, close a couple of times that, you know, there were, there were some pitches that could have changed the outcomes of some innings um, I thought, but 
you know, I think, you know, like we've said about Marcos all along, like he does a good job of not, you know, letting his emotions get the best of yeah. him and just keeps throwing it in there. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, even though they lost, I was always impressed with him. Um, I just, like I said, he's, he's one of those guys that's just different. And um, if he continues to pick up and stuff and continues to go the right direction with his body, I mean, he's, he's elite and yeah. there's just no way around it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that that's what I saw at the end of last week since we've last recorded and um, uh, got two other games I'll get to after yours. Yeah, you know, pause. You mentioned that. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the like improved physicality. That's one thing that immediately stuck out to me when I was looking at our video. Um, he's, he's just like bigger in a good way. Yeah, it's it's showing in the velocity. Um, I mean, it's a it's a pretty easy low 90s bump of three. Probably going to bump a four at some point. Um, but I saw this guy, um, I saw a video of this guy the other day in a, in a triple a start. He, I think he reminds me a lot of Mike Soroka, like Mike Soroka has like, like kind of that, you know, thicker, lower half. That's really strong. Kind of that easy delivery, the heavy sinker, the slider sharp, and he has the, the usable changeup as well. And, um, he's just one of those guys that can kind of breeze through a lineup, you know, without really breaking a sweat sometimes. And. Oh, that's just kind of who Paws reminded me of because um, it's just going to be – there's going to be strikeout ability there. There already is a ton of strikeout ability there, but even at the next level there's going to be. But there's also going to be the ability to, like, just kind of breeze through some innings because everything moves so much. Like, there's yeah. there's so much life to the fastball, and uh, the slider looks better. I mean, he's got the usable changeup as well. Um, so, yeah, he just continues to establish himself as as, uh, as a definite dude for sure in the 2025 class. And uh, – uh, speaking of that, I went down to San Antonio yesterday. Um, we got my first look this season at San Antonio Johnson. Uh, of course, Casey Cunningham down there leading the charge for those guys. 2025 infielder committed to Texas Tech. Um, they're having a heck of a season, man. They're they're really good. Uh, they're winning a ton of games. Um, I mean, they're. I mean, if you're naming top ten teams in the state, you certainly have to include them um, in the mix. And they're facing the uh, 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 Brandies. Um, in a district matchup there, and uh, it was a really competitive game. It was three to two game in the top of the seventh, and uh, Johnson ended up rattling off nine runs in the inning to take the lead and eventually win the game. Um, you know, Matt McClennan pitched for Brandeis. He's a freshman. Um, he was you know seventy eight to eighty two. Uh, curveball uh, com- really competed well. I mean, just kind of unassuming. Like you know, had no I I don't know if he. I don't want to say he had no idea, but like the way he pitched was like, ah, it's another game. You know, I'm not facing, I'm not a freshman on varsity facing San Antonio Johnson in this lineup loaded with all these, you know, D1 commits and all that sort of thing. So uh, I know coach uh, Eric Jupe there, Brandy's is, is really high on his future and understandably. So, I mean, he's just good out there and, and compete the way he did. Um, took a, took a three, two lead into the seventh inning and just kind of ran out of gas and started walking a few guys and just really kind of snowballed from there. Um, Ryan Farber for Johnson, who's in the Texas state had the big, uh, two RBI knock. Uh, I really like him. I, I, it's, it's not just a gamer type of player. He's got some tools too. I mean, he was three nine, nine down the line from the left side on the bunt. And, uh, yeah, there was kind of a drag, bunt, but not your traditional jailbreak selling out, get out of the box kind of drag bunt. Um, he nearly made a ridiculous play from shortstop deep, deep, deep in the hole, um, that most guys don't even get to. Um, I hardly ever see him whiff. Um, just really good plan, good bat to ball skill. He's going to be a really good player. 
I think, at Texas State. Um, Barrett Johnson started for Johnson. He said at the UTSA, two-way talent. Um, didn't have his best stuff or command, but just kept competing, kept trying to, you know, throw strikes, challenge guys. Fastball was up to 87. Um, kind of a short two-playing curveball um, that was able to get some some whiffs at some times. Mixed in a little bit of a changeup as well. Competitive guy. Um, hit the cleanup for those guys as well. You can see why UTSA um, jumped on him early on. Um, Casey Cunningham uh, ended up being intentionally walked in the in the seventh uh, to load the bases, and that kind of um, started the ball rolling for Johnson. They ended up scoring all their runs after that. Um, hit one ball really, really hard uh, for a base hit that the second baseman nearly robbed him of. Uh, rolled over a couple times. Uh, you could tell, you know, that kind of velocity just was a little bit out in front. But he made a play defensively at second base. I actually got a video of it. Uh, there were two runners on two runners in scoring position with two outs in the in the bottom of the sixth. I mean, they're behind three two. He made a diving backhand stop and then made a really athletic throw from my basically from his butt or from his knees. I can't remember um, to get the run, runner at first base. If that ball gets through, it's you know it's five to two. Um, they've got they've lost all the momentum there and it just kind of fueled that energy in the dugout and then eventually they went there and won the game. So, um, you know, really impressive. Um, played by him defensively. He actually had five chances defensively and made all of them. And it was a grass field. So you get to kind of see uh, who could play some defense and, and who, who couldn't. Uh, but he's having a heck of a season for those guys as well. Um, going down the list a little bit, Diego Flores, who hit two hole for Johnson, um, had a really hard uh, single into right center field in the seventh inning. Also pulled a double later in that inning down the left field line. 2024 player that's uncommitted. Good athlete, can run. Uh, I know he's been a big part of, of what they did this season um, offensively. So, um, you know, it's a Johnson team that, and if, if if they had Mason Bisky, who's, you know, recovering from Tommy John, um, it'd be a really, really, really strong team. But even without him there, you can see why they're winning so many games. Mason Cron is a guy, uh, 2023 outfielder that's caught my eye in the future. He's six, probably six, four physical, uh, big outfield arm. Uh, there are a couple of times that, uh, Brandy so, uh, smartly elected not to test his arm because uh, he showed it off and it was good. Um, and then the 2025 class, Masa Chilcutt, who's committed to Texas, um, caught for them some catch and throw skills, some pops around 2.1. Um, and then Ty Hawkins, who played center field, really intriguing looking player, um, athletic, um, already pretty physical. Um, he had a couple of chances in center field that where he really tracked it naturally, just kind of gave those vibes that like, yeah, this guy's probably going to be able to play um, outfield defense at, at a pretty high level. Um, some really competitive at bats. Um, this game, uh, this game had a lot of bunting. So there are some guys I just didn't really get to see them put the bat in motion too much, um, even though there's a bunch of talent on this play. But uh, switching over to Brandy's, uh, a guy that's caught my eye in the past, Drew Saucedo. Last year, I saw him when I was watching Jalen Flores a couple times running, you know, four O's down the line. Um, and he was, you know, hitting three hole for Brainies and smacked two hard doubles, athletic player, play shortstop for those guys. I think he's got a bright future there. Uh, probably a second baseman long-term, uh, but I know he's been swinging the bat pretty well this year. And then Christian Hallmark, um, left-handed hitter, outfielder, leadoff guy for them. Um, obviously his dad, the head coach of UTSA, but I, I've just always really liked the way he plays the game. Like it's definitely – it's definitely one of those, like, I'm trying to push the pedal to the metal wherever I can. Um, just in a, He just attacks the game. Like, he's always trying to hunt an extra base. He's always flying down the line. He's always really competing in the batter's box. Like, it's just like 
you know, it, it just seems like every little part of the game, he takes it very seriously. And it's a big deal that he's just trying to get every little advantage that he can, um, you know, good instincts. Um, he's gotten bigger. He's got some length. I think he's still got some projection. He runs well. He was four, two down the line on a grounder. Um, I think he's got a, got a bright future there. Uh, Theo Falkenberg playing center field for those guys had a hard single, um, uncommitted player had a, had a nice sliding catch, um, as well. So, uh, good to get down there to San Antonio to, to get a look at both of those two teams. Um, they typically have talent each year. Um, you can see why Johnson's, uh, been winning as many games as they have. I mean, that lineup is just a lot of depth in that lineup, a lot of athleticism, a lot of talent. Um, then we have Barrett Johnson who ended up throwing a complete game doing his thing on the mound. Um, he's going to give those guys a chance to, to win a game. So they've got a big one next, I believe next week coming up against Reagan. Uh, as though two, those two teams are battling it out for the district crown there. So um, that will certainly be a big one that attracts a lot of attention. Uh, but, yeah, good to get some eyes down on Casey Cunningham and those guys. And uh, he keeps doing his thing. And uh, that team is is going to have a going to have a chance. Both these teams are going to be playoff teams, I think. But Johnson's going to have a chance, I think, to make some noise, um, just depending on what they get out of, their, out of their pitching staff on the mound. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Getting back up to the Metroplex, um, got to a, a rare Monday game up here. Um, got to go over and see uh, JJ Pierce, Richardson Pierce, for the first time this year. Um, you know, coached by uh, one of my one of my good friends um, and high school teammates, Justin Rowland, um, and he's he was actually a coached at Rockwall before getting the head job over at Pierce. So bringing back some and actually still lives in Rockwell but um so got to see them on a Monday game Rockwell is off from district this week excuse me um but uh got over there about an inning late um finishing up the birthday celebration for the for our three-year-old um but you know a lot of a lot of names for Rockwell that are familiar to people uh, Pearson Reebok was on base several times at a stolen base. Micah Kendrick hit a triple. Uh, Mac Rose hit the ball. And as he as he will tell you, he also um, was able to get his 10th career stolen base. So he's in <laughs> double, double digits now for his career. Um, Braden Randall hit the ball hard a couple of times, made a good play defensively, um, and kind of sparked a comeback in, in the bottom of the sixth. For them, he had a base hit with some guys on base, or um, may have been an error on paper, but he hit the ball hard. Um, Jake Overstreet had another good night, was on base, hit a double, um, walked as well. Uh, Keller Lindemann came in. I know one of your favorites. Um, yeah, man, throw came, strikes. <clears throat> came in with bases loaded, no outs, and got out of it in a wow. pretty pretty crucial spot. Um, but he ended up going three and a third, uh, seven strikeouts. <clears throat> Liam Thompson Thompson had a through an inning in the third uh, with a strikeout good outing from him and then to close the game for the last out uh, Jack Jungles um, who you know and this is something you can do in a non-district game uh, but so Jack became we think the first um, the first player in Rockwell history to play all nine positions in a game oh okay um, so in the last inning, he caught the first two outs and came into pitch for the last out. Um, so that was that was definitely something to see. Like you know, obviously, we don't think it's ever been done before at Rockwall, but um, 
it was kind of a fun thing to track. Everyone knew what was going on in the ballpark. And, um, but he came in, I mean, like didn't look out of place on the mound either. Um, you know, he usually plays outfield for Aqual, but it was kind of fun to watch, but on the Pierce side of things, Caden Varner, senior left-handed pitcher. I like him a lot. Um, kind of a soft toss and lefty that really, I mean, he's the kind of, he's the kind of guy that can, can do well against a team like Rockwall because he did a good job keeping them off balance, um, you know, changing speeds, moving the ball around. And, you know, it's not, it's not what you're typically used to, but I was impressed with him. Uh, junior AJ Ripley is known a lot for his pitching, but he also had a two RBI double. And then uh, Garrett Schrader, um, he was playing right field, but it's good to see him out on the field moving around. And, you know, he missed some time earlier this year with an injury, but uh, Rockwell ended up winning that game eight to six, but a competitive game, um, obviously for a, for a non-district game. And, you know, with some a coach that's from Rockwall coming back home and getting to uh, coach against his alma mater, I guess you'd even call it. So, um, so that was a good, you know, non-district matchup on a Monday. I was glad I got to get over and see some of that. Yeah, you got that week. one. And then there's Salina was there last <clears> week. <throat> it's uh it's it's nice, you know, in in you know, places like Houston and DFW, you get those non-district games that end up being like really good games. Well, you know, it goes back to some of the things that we talk about a lot. Like, you know, some of the you know, I always feel lucky up here in the Dallas area that so many of the coaches um of the really good programs aren't afraid to schedule yeah. really tough. You know, and, you know, I know Heath does that. Rockwell does that. I mean, most prosper markets, the schools that we had in the in the festival, I mean, you look at who they're playing on Saturdays and stuff, and, you know, it's they're not afraid of competition, and it's yeah. it's a good way to get either young guys or guys that maybe happen to throw game three for you in the playoffs um, some real work. And, you know, it's, it's good barometer. It's a chance to, you know, it's not a throwaway game by any means, and you better show up. Um, and, and learn how to play three games a week or not take someone lightly um, because, you know, it's it the schedules are tough. And you can, you know, I, I always commend the teams that do that at any yeah. level because, I mean, it's only going to make you better, um, you know, if you handle it the right way. But uh, another district matchup that I got to see last night that um, it was my first time to see Frisco Reedy this year. Obviously, I saw Frisco uh, a couple of weeks ago against the Colony, but, um, I, I liked watching Greedy. I was impressed with them. They had some guys that did some nice stuff. Uh, Jalen Stringfellow, um, senior uh, outfielder, I believe he's going to UTD. Um, but, had, I mean, tough luck. Like, I mean, for for the, what he did offensively without anything to show for it was he had a really good outing, I thought. I mean, led off with a line drive that was caught. Um his third at bat, he hit a ball that like he really hard to uh the the pitcher made a play on and just like happened to be running full speed and like barely beat him to the bag. It was it was kind of a freak play. And then he hit another ball hard, uh lined out to first in his last at bat. <clears throat> Ethan Downham, sophomore committed to uh Texas AM, had a double in his last at bat. Um then we had academic uh team alum Ryan Alexander, senior. Uh, uncommitted um, that is too good to be uncommitted. Mm -hmm. I think he's, you know, he's hopefully got some stuff in the works, but um, you know, hits the ball with some pop um, first at bat came out swinging, smoked the ball to the outfield for a single, um, you know, made a couple of good plays at third too. Um, so he, and he's versatile. He can play third. He can play outfield. 
Um, but he's a guy that definitely needs to find a home because he can really, he can really play and physically he's strong and has some bat speed as well. Uh, junior outfielder, Braden Hernandez also, I think plays quarterback for Reedy, uh, but a good looking athlete um, on base three times with hit by a pitch twice and intentionally walked. Um, what I got in my notes and, you know, but he looks the part. I like the way he moves. He, he fouled some balls off that looks like he definitely has some bat speed. Um, so I was impressed with him. And then Will Johnson, UT Tyler commit um, was um, what was impressive on the mound. Like I, he, he, he did a good job against Frisco lineup for a while. And you could tell just by the swings, like the velo plays up like that. They had him up to 88 in the first inning. Um you know, on the, on one of the radars behind home plate, but he was getting some really, um, some really late swings. Like it looked mm-hmm. like guys just weren't seeing it. Well, um, a couple ugly swings, some got some balls that were fouled off that just didn't look like guys were on it. Um, but I was impressed with him and he had a good outing. Um, and then moving over to the, the Frisco side, you know, we talked about them last week cause I saw them. Um, uh, but man, this is a team that's got, um, got a chance to go pretty deep because yeah. they've got at least at least four arms on the mound. Uh, Landon Carr was really impressive. Ended up having a complete game shutout uh, for Frisco. Um, really good athlete, athletic pitcher on the mound. Um, had him down the line on an infield hit in the first inning at four uh, two. Walked twice. Um, Austin Gathright is a guy that I'm becoming a bigger and bigger fan of because he can really run. Had him at three nine one. Down the line on a bunt, but he had uh, he walked his first to bat, had three singles. Um, after that, uh, was on base and stole a base, and just a really good athlete. Um, really impressed with him. I like him more and more each time I see him. Um, uh, then we've got uh, moving down the lineup, a guy that we've talked about a lot that we really like, Michael Catalano. Um, was playing short last night. He had a two RBI single um, and also another single and then uh, got down the line pretty good on the ground ball the third. I, I just like him as a baseball player. That, yeah. that whole duel, that whole Doolin's group that he plays on has just a, a really good, you know, feel for the game. Like they always yeah. seem to, you know, they play the game the right way. They know where to be. They just have that kind of baseball player feel. Yeah. Um, and that's and, why they barely lost any games the entire summer. Right. And then uh, academic uh, team member, 2024, Tommy Mulkern, uh, was playing second base last night. Versatile player, uh, can play second, third, short. Uh, imagine he could play some outfield if he needed to, and he pitches in relief for Frisco. But um, he had some. He had a couple of good at-bats, not a whole lot to show for it, but laid down a good bunt, had him at 4-3 down the line, and then he lined out to the right his first at-bat and put a good swing on that. Um but and just another guy, you know, he doesn't play for that Doolin's team. He's been with the Mustangs before, but I think moving moving over to him, but just a good baseball player. Um, you can tell, like, their whole team just seems to have a good feel for the game, uh, mm-hmm. Frisco does. And, you know, he's one of the guys that, like, you can just tell as you watch him that his head's in the game and that he knows where to be at, a, at multiple positions. Um, and, you know, he shows his versatility for Frisco and – Part of what makes them such a good good roster is they have a handful of guys like that. Uh, Cade Plunkett, um, he had an RBI single and a walk, played third base, 
Um, he's been their Friday night starter. So that was my first time to see him not pitching. Um, but big physical presence, um, good players, got a future on the mound. I think John Larkin, he had a good offensive outing against uh, the Colony, had two RBIs and got hit by a pitch yesterday. Um, so continues to be a productive player. Uh, and then Austin Clark um, did some stuff last night. I had an RBI single. Um, and, you know, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I, I think that Frisco is going to have a chance to go pretty deep this year. Just yeah. Based on the way they play the game, you know, they, they, they can hit situationally. They know how to bunt. They play really hard. They've got at least four arms that I've seen um, at some point that are competitive. I mean, so if they get in a situation where they have to go three games, like you're not going to worry about their depth on the mound, um, but they play good defense. They play team baseball um, and they seem to play with the recipe that we know can win in the postseason. Um, so uh, again, really impressed with them. And they just kind of had a, a business like, you know, they couple, couple times they left some guys on early and they just kept, you know, kept having good at bats and, um, you know, found a way to break through against a really good pitcher um, with Will Johnson from Reedy. And uh, I was impressed with them. So I just continue to think that they're going to, they're going to have a chance to go pretty deep and, and make some noise in the postseason. but uh, enjoyed seeing them again. And um Excited. I think my plan for Friday is to see uh, Jack Frankel for JP2 matchup with Texas commit from Preston Wood, uh, Xavier Mitchell. So, Ooh, not just that. It's that that Preston Wood lineup is uh, got some got some dudes in there. That'll be uh, when we when we get the rare good pitcher versus good pitcher, but also good pitchers versus good lineups is always you know it's always a lot of fun when you can see uh really talented arms against really talented hitters as well kind of get a true feel for for the cream rising to the top there so that'll that'll definitely be good um yeah i'm gonna go <clears throat> tonight or not tonight but this evening down to <clears throat> san antonio again to get some eyes on tristan bristow who's you know 2024 pitcher committed to vanderbilt a guy that we saw at area code yeah. uh, <clears throat> i'm gonna go see what he's like this season man i'm losing my voice excuse me um, looking at some other other stuff we have going on from across the the, the country, um, <clears throat> the Boris Classic stuff's going on. We got some stuff going on in California. Um, you know, Justin Lee signed with UCLA, uh, Sherman Oaks, right-handed pitcher. Um, really, really good performance for him. Um, Cherry Creek, that's one of the, usually the one of the programs out in Colorado. Uh, Paul Hughes yep. was up to eighty nine for them. Looked like he threw the ball um, really, really well. Um, Tanner Norman, uh, 2024 uncommitted player from Oklahoma that goes to Albert High School out there, um, had a really impressive two-run homer. Um, <clears throat> going back down to Texas, um, I know this is a guy our, our Jeff is uh, Jeff is a big fan of. Is you know D Kennedy hit his I think his sixth homer um, of DFW, the season last night. DFW leading. DFW leading. Um, and you know this is like. We we've said it before, but you know, even though he's a he's not small, he's just short, you know, like because yeah. he's it there's some compact strength to his frame, and you know, the ball the ball really comes off the bat with some impact. I mean, looking at that swing from last night, like that's a very easy, like he's not selling out for power kind of swing. 
Um, and the ball just comes flying off there. So continue to be impressed with him. Um, Cherry Creek, you know, back to them, Tommy Marsh came in and closed it for them. He was up to 90 miles an hour. He's heading to Tulane in the 2023 class. Um, I gotta, <clears throat> I gotta imagine that, uh, Cherry Creek is, is, uh, is not a fun team to have in your district up there, um, in Colorado. And then I saw, uh, Trent Carraway, who's heading to bleeds at Oregon state out in the Boris classic out there, just absolutely smashing the ball <laughs> nonstop. Like it's not surprising, but just a physical, good right-handed hitter, just a major hitting talent, just putting on a show out there. Um, and then it looks like, um, I mean, I say I missed it. We didn't miss it. Um, we were at uh, a big game down in the South Texas area last night under Bronxville's Canyon and uh, in Smithson Valley. And uh, Jackson Elizondo, who's heading to Baylor, struck out 11 through six, no-hit innings, was up to 92. Um, he's – I think that, like, if you're naming pitchers in the state that I think are most likely to kind of take a jump at the next level, I think that he's he's going to be on my list. He's just such a good athlete and he's so strong. Um, and there's just, a, I think there's a lot in there that hasn't really been tapped into yet, but he was clearly tapping into it last night. Uh, but shout out to Canyon, got the walk off victory. Um, came on Cantu, 2025 player, who actually, I believe I wrote about earlier this year. I know he caught my attention in the Hill Country Classic, what he was doing at third base and just a good athlete that can move well. Um, came through in a one two count with two outs in the seventh to get the walk off win for those guys. Um, that was a big game down in South Texas. So um, a lot going on. Uh, make sure you tune into to all of our coverage, Colorado, Arizona, California. I saw Evan Miranda threw really well at the Boris Classic. Um, you know, Orange Luthan, right-handed pitcher heading to Texas, was up to 90 miles an hour. Um, struck out five and in six innings and, and only gave up one run there. So um, it's just cool to go through and, and see, you know, all the coverage from everywhere. Um, and, you know, Colorado, man, might be a sneaky place for some arms. Like, as oh, as, uh, it, as coach, it, it always has been. It always yeah, has as, been. As Coach Brew likes to call them some low mileage arms, you know, just because they're just <laughs> not, you know, they're they're not playing and throwing as much as, you know, just because of the weather as some of these other areas. But, you know, Grant <clears throat> Stevenson, um, from uh, from Vista was up to uh, from Mountain Vista, 2024 San Francisco commit was up to 91. Uh, the solid changeup in a in a good slider, like there's a lot of arms out there. Um, it's it's cool to you know see our coverage from from areas like that. It's like yeah yeah, there are some really really good talented players out here um, as well. Um, it's it's not just Walker Martin who continues to kind of every time I see like a prospects list or like a draft thing now it's like walker martin yeah. is like just flying <laughs> up the list uh with with good reason as well so i definitely think he's he's probably going to be the first guy since darnell mcdonald to go early in the draft from from california or from colorado but um so have you watched much much pro baseball i know we spend so much time doing high school stuff um, um you're not you're not as fantasy obsessed as i am to where i'm you know well i did have um i did have a league high Point total last week oh um, okay yeah so i i'll just throw that part out there um i got some you know some so had some good starts from uh from my pitching nice um, which is rare right now it, it's like you're dodging landmines with pitchers right now i, I don't know if it's uh it's, if it's the ball going back to where what like in in more like 2021 compared to 2022 or i, I don't know but the, like there some of these run totals are are massive 
Yeah, I got it. You know, Zach Gallen got back on track. Back so on, that yeah, was he nice. looked really good. Yeah, uh, Zach Eflin before going on the injured list oh, um, looked yeah. good again. That, so I had to, you know, had to have, you know, had to put up some points to get out of my uh, zero and four start. Oh, because um, we play it's two. Early. We play two, we play two matchups a week. So if you okay. have a bad period, it's not going to be. Or excuse me. Two matches per period, yeah, and two a week. So I had some guys get off to a little bit of slow start. You know, had a little talk with them, um, heading back in the right <laughs> direction. Um, so pleased with the progress. Made some, I thought, I think maybe some savvy. You know, I've got a bunch of guys that are hurt. I think I have six guys on the injury list. <clears throat> and yeah, it's been um, brutal right now. Yeah, a lot of injuries, a lot of slow pitches. starters. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, some, but. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with where we're heading, uh, on the pro side, you know, I've, I've started getting home from games and then, you know, one thing that kind of, uh, you know, byproduct of the quicker games, which obviously are great for baseball, mm-hmm. but I don't get to watch as many of the West coast games when I get home. Cause they're a lot closer to being done yeah. by the time I get home from games, uh, which is a little bit disappointing, but I'll take it for the greater good of the sport for sure. Um, but I did, you know, I watch, get to watch. I've usually fall asleep to the Dodgers, uh, Dodgers or Giants every night. Yeah. Um, but our, our guy Muncie had a big night the other yeah, night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I read that he kind of went back to his little, I don't know if it's like a toe tap or what. Um, kind of went back to that and, and, uh, it definitely worked. Uh, too. He loves hitting at San Francisco. Just something about that team and that park. And I mean, he, yeah, two bombs, seven RBI. Nice night there. Uh, that yep. was that was good. I, I was I was a big Muncie drafter um, this year on my team. Well, so. I know, and at you know, with with the tip from someone on this podcast, not to be named, um, I was planning on taking Muncie, and that was one of my two. You know, usually there's a few every draft, but I only had two this year where I got had a guy just stolen out from like within a pick or two, right mm-hmm. from under my right off my queue, um, and it just it's devastating. And that was that was one of my two this year. Yeah, um, very, very upsetting. But yeah, it's been um, it's been like the new rule changes and everything. And actually, I listened to that podcast um, driving back from San Antonio last night that you talked about last week with Theo and, and those guys with Jason yeah. Stark and stuff. Um, and I was kind of surprised when he said that the average stolen base attempt per game up between the two teams is only one point six because it feels like it's like over two, um, you know, and he's like, we're not even close to like the crazy eighties levels when Ricky Henderson was stealing like a hundred bags or whatever it is. But um, it's like, just like the pace of everything it's, it's been, it's like, you know, it, it, you can miss pitches if you're just not paying attention. Like, like the little back button on the MLB TV, if you hit the 30 seconds back, usually it would have been one pitch in the past. Now it's yeah. at least two pitches like that. You're, yeah. you're kind of winding back from, but um, it's been fascinating. Like, I think that it's, uh, my theory is we're seeing, we're seeing good hitters rewarded more because I feel like the hitters are getting into a better rhythm because they're yeah. seeing more pitches quicker, you yep. know, like, I think that yep. just the There's way the, to it. yeah, the way the brain processes it, like if you keep seeing the same pitcher, the same, same types of pitches, the ball come out. Like, I, like you're seeing some guys who kind of take shadow pitches, shadow zone pitches that maybe they normally hack out as well. Trout had a video earlier this year where it was like 60 something um, pitches that were like, 
borderline that he took, you know, and it's just, I think you're seeing really good hitters like that get rewarded. Uh, I think you're seeing the pitchers like the better command control guys who are good athletes. I think those guys are getting rewarded right now. Like, I think it's bringing a lot of athleticism back into the game. Um, Second base defense really matters again. Like you better have somebody there that can play defense um, or else, you you know, you're going to feel it. Like obviously shortstop has always been paramount, but you know, now if the shift rolls and things like that, you better have somebody that can play shortstop. Like you better have somebody that can play second. Like you're, you're going to get hurt. Um, You know, I was watching, you know, Jose Suarez is the guy that I I liked a lot last year for the angels, kind of a a deep sleeper starting pitcher. And I was kind of looking back at his start while I was eating lunch yesterday. And that's what sicko fantasy baseball players do. Um, and like he, he gave up like four singles that were like just missing gloves by inches. And it's like, if you have better defenders there, those are outs like that, that sort of thing is coming back into the game. Like, you know, Theo was talking about, like, it used to be, you know, you couldn't really depend on stringing together singles to score runs. It's like, well, now the value of the stolen bases improved because the value of the, 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 the ability for the single to happen it's also increased. So it's like, okay, yeah, if we do steal a guy and put him in a scoring position, we are a little bit more likely to hit a single now as opposed to trying to like, okay, let's hit the brakes on all of our runners because we're, the only way we can score runs is hit home runs. Um, so that element's brought back into the game. It just – it feels like we're, we're – they've done a really good job of bringing the athleticism and the skill back to well, heightened importance again. I thought one of the most interesting things about that podcast episode was how he was talking about how it just allows for different strategies and ways to play the game and makes the game um, more diverse, really. Uh, Not not from a race standpoint, but like from a uh, player pool. Um, And and you, you don't have every single team looking for the exact same thing right like there's some some you know some niche areas or niche areas that people can go scout to or yep. pluck uh, players from a different player pool so it creates a whole nother there's a whole trickle down effect in the game like you know like there's going to be some value that goes back towards the catching side yes. and um I just I thought that was really interesting and it, you know it's it's good for the game to have that because it's not just the boring old same strategy from everyone doing the same right. thing like you have guys you know like there's a whole sub, subset of players that were you know erased from the game because mm-hmm. of the lack of stolen base mm-hmm. um you know it's funny like it's actually we overcorrected in our fantasy league you know thinking that it was going to have a little bit of an impact, but we all, we bumped up the scoring on stolen bases. And when you look at the scoring so far in the league, you got some guys that aren't really doing anything other than stealing bases that from a point standpoint are actually doing pretty well, but Jorge Mateo, um, probably guys like that. Yeah. And yeah, with Corey Seager getting hurt last night, I tried to pick him up late last night and somebody beat me to it because no. of that stolen base. Like he's a valuable player. Because yeah. Of that. He's got six. <clears throat> yeah. But you know, it's it, it was really interesting to hear him talk about that because, you know, that doesn't just change the dynamic on the offensive side. It changes the type of pitching, too. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you're you're valuing potentially different things when you're out scouting and it just allows for, a you know, some some diversity in the game. Um, 
from from the standpoint of you know different types of players which yeah. is which is fun to see and it makes the game unique and it makes it more interesting and um it's not just a you know a made in a lab type player that's only able to do one thing right um and allows that athleticism to come back in the game which i think is is definitely a a, a positive for our game for sure yeah it, it opens the window again to <clears throat> you know instead of everybody trying to buy power whether it's power arm power stuff power hitting from a roster construction player development you know build your team type thing it's like so many more avenues are open again like the hit tool is more valuable again like the athleticism element's more valuable again like like i kind of think back to you know how the royals won their world series years ago you know just the Threw a bunch of strikes, had a good defense, really aggressive on the bases. A bunch of guys put the ball in play. Like, I mean, that's, you know, had a, had a good bullpen behind them. And they, they were able to win a World Series that way. Like, I don't think they had any mashers in that lineup. Like, I don't think right. – I think Mike Moustakis probably hit like 25 homers. Like, that that probably led their team or something like that. Um, so, it's just added that element. It's been fascinating, too, to see the teams run on catchers like like crazy like there have been certain catchers it's just like oh man like like reese mcguire for boston baltimore ran on him every chance even like will smith for the dodgers teams are running on them like crazy which i couldn't believe like corbin carroll like noah Syndergaard's the slowest guy in baseball at home plate corbin carroll stole consecutive bases standing up against Syndergaard yeah. and, and will smith <laughs> like like you know like it's 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 pretty cool that like we we know it like so much of stolen bases was what the stopwatches tell you. Okay, this pitcher takes this long to deliver the pitch. The catcher has this kind of pop time. Like, this is the margin you have as a base runner that to steal it back. And, like, that little change in the game with the um, – with with the, uh, the they call it the disengagements, um, yeah. you know, it's just kind of opened the door to be really aggressive again when there are opportunities there. I saw the – somebody wrote a good story about what the Yankees are doing – they kind of call it like some hop step or momentum step yeah, or something like that. That's, I, I was about to bring that up because I, I they they did a segment of it on it uh, during on MLB uh, on the MLB network yesterday because they mm-hmm. were showing they were doing like a, a side by side almost overlay thing with uh, Anthony Volpe and um, Ricky Henderson, um, and I don't know if that's where it's coming from or I I, I kind of had it turned down, but I was watching it and it was. It was fascinating because it was like a little hop running jump step. Like they yeah. were timing it, timing it off of the pitch clock. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he took advantage of it and, you know, he becomes a whole different player uh, yeah. from a value standpoint because of that. Like Glyber Torres has four steals already, you know, like and yeah. Glyber Torres isn't a burner. Yeah. He's, he's right. stolen, you know, 15 bags in a year before. Uh, but it's just like, I feel like, you know, there's gotta be from a pro scouting side too. It's gotta, you know, put some more wind in those guys' sails because like it matters now who you put, you're putting behind home plate to catch. Like, you know, the little fine margins where you can kind of exploit teams. Suddenly there's a lot more of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just been a lot of fun to watch. The pace has been great. Uh, it's just added the importance of athleticism and skill again to the game. And um and uh, yeah, you know, you see some teams have really adjusted quickly while others are kind of, you can tell a little bit, little bit behind there but like yeah like what tampa's doing like they like they're they from like a pitch development side like are so ahead of everything just like changing the shape of pitches like okay like we know 
the shift isn't much of a thing anymore. Like what can we do with our pitchers to help them kind of combat that like the lefties that are going to pull a ball? Like, well, let's start right. increasing how much difference there is in vertical movement between fastballs and changeups and that sort of thing with our sweepers as well. Like it's just, it's really, really fascinating. Um, it's, it's been super fun to watch and uh, you know, it's been fun to watch to the young guys that are the prospects that are kind of used to this sort of rhythm and pitch clock and everything else um, kind of adjusting on the fly to that sort of thing. So um, really, really fun to watch there, but uh, well, if you don't have anything else, I guess that wraps us up for episode 109, 109 on Wednesday, on... April 12th. There you go. The year is 2023. We had, a, it was a big <laughs> day at, at the new house yesterday. I was texting you. I was texting the Wi-Fi. We've got, we're good, which is that's very a, critical for recording that's podcasts. Huge. Well, for, yeah. for work in general, but especially for podcasts. Um, and I was especially fired up because we have this um kind of big shed already built in the back that we kind of planned on insulating and turning into an office i was like well the wi-fi has to work out there or else it's just kind of pointless you know yeah um, i was out there streaming law and order from my phone i was like all right we're good we're good we've got we've got working wi-fi out here so um that'll be nice have to start a little memorabilia collection for for baseball stuff and kind of build that out as well there so um, yeah, a lot of good stuff, uh, all over the five tool regional networks, the main account, make sure you're following all those on Twitter. And again, can't emphasize this enough, especially if you're a player, like go to five tool.org. Um, if you haven't claimed your player profile, go claim it, go explore what, what a premium player profile subscription can do for you, um, for your, your videos. I mean, I get tagged like every 30 minutes with a player video on Twitter. Like we've got a place that you can house all of those videos um, we'll store it on there for you. It can be your own little LinkedIn, Twitter page for baseball, kind of your baseball resume. You can just fire that off to any coach you want to fire it off to or share it with, with whomever. Um, it's a great, great opportunity for players, great opportunity for coaches as well to kind of find those next guys. We got, we got hot last week with, with the, uh, with some of the uncommitted guys that were committing. Um, yeah. our guy Rohan uh, Leto from Arizona committed to Arizona state. Um, that was a really exciting one. I mean, that Hamilton team, I, mean, I just like, <laughs> I don't know. They, I don't know. I don't know if they've lost a game this year, but I don't know how they lose any games. It, it's just kind of absurd how much time like, our guy rock, like the two plays he made in the hole at shortstop last week. I, I, I don't know the last time I've seen a high school shortstop make those kind of plays. It's just yeah. Deep in the hole, backhand slide, like get to your feet, the arm strength off bat. Like it's just, it's nuts. Um, right. I mean, it's just like every single game that guy's just doing something like that. It's really, really special um, talent. That's what a, that's what a first round talent looks like uh, from the prep side um, in the infield there. So um, get the five tool AZ to check out all of our Arizona coverage and then California, Colorado. We've got accounts everywhere. So go check those out. But all right, we've rambled on enough. Um, hope you all have a good week until we talk to you all next time. Take care.